Welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist with a passion for gut health and real food. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I'm sounding a little bit nasal today. I've been sick. I've been traveling a lot. I've been a little bit all over the place, but I'm here recording this episode for you today. So bear with me if my voice is a little bit coldy and nasal. (laughs) In this episode, we'll be chatting all about SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Some studies show that up to 80% of people with IBS have SIBO. And that's why I think it's a super important topic to cover here on the podcast. The most common symptoms of SIBO include bloating, gas, burping, diarrhea and constipation, abdominal pain and nausea, and also some more non-specific symptoms as well, which are symptoms that are seemingly unrelated to our digestive system, like low energy and weakness. In this episode, we're going to chat about what SIBO is, how and when to test for it, and what you can do to overcome it. Before we get into the episode, I want to chat briefly about my brand new group program, The High Vibe and Gut Healthy Mastermind. If you've been struggling with frustrating digestive symptoms like bloating, burning, and belly pain, then this program is for you. Over 10 weeks, I'll be guiding you step-by-step through the gut healing process. We'll cover everything from the best gut healing diets and which one is right for you, how to do an elimination diet, getting rid of gut pathogens like SIBO and parasites, repairing leaky gut, and so much more. You'll also get a one-on-one consultation with me to create your personalized gut healing protocol. You'll have the option to order the GI map, gut microbiome test, or SIBO test, and have it analyzed to help us really get to the root of your symptoms. And make sure your recommendations are completely targeted to exactly what's going on in your gut. If you want to be the first to know when doors open, head to frandargaville.com forward slash waitlist, or you can find the link in my Instagram bio. Add your name to the waitlist to make sure you get first access to early bird pricing and that you don't miss out because there are limited spots available. If you have any questions about the mastermind, send me a DM on Instagram, or you can book a free call with me via the link in my Instagram bio or at frandargaville.com forward slash call. Okay, let's get back to chatting all things SIBO. First up, what is SIBO? As I mentioned before, SIBO stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And what this means is that there's an overgrowth or changes in the type or number of bacteria in the small intestine. Most of our gut bacteria are usually found in the large intestine instead of the small intestine. And the small intestine is actually meant to be pretty sterile and it's not meant to have a ton of bacteria. So when that bacteria from other parts of the gut begin to colonize in that small intestine, that leads to SIBO. And that's when we start to experience some of these symptoms like bloating and gas. The majority of people with SIBO will have these typical symptoms that I mentioned before, bloating, gas, constipation or diarrhea, those digestive related symptoms. Although not everyone does. Some people may only have non-specific symptoms like fatigue or weakness. 
Now, I'm sure half of you are now thinking that you've got SIBO, but just because you have gas or bloating, it doesn't mean you have SIBO. These symptoms can be related to a lot of different things, many of which we cover here on this podcast, like other digestive dysfunction, food sensitivities, different types of pathogens, hypochlorhydria or low stomach acid. And because of that, we don't always just want to rush down this SIBO rabbit hole. We typically want to focus first on improving your digestive function, because in many cases, that might be all that's actually needed. You might not actually need to run out and do this, you know, quite comprehensive SIBO protocol. You might just need to be focusing on making shifts with your diet, addressing some other pieces in terms of digestive function and those things first. It may be all you need. It's going to be cheaper. It's going to be a lot easier. So keep that in mind. But if you've tried all the things and doing those hasn't helped or it hasn't got you to where you'd like to be, then you can test to see whether SIBO is the issue. So how does SIBO actually occur? What is that mechanism? What happens is the carbohydrates, specific type of carbohydrates in the food we eat, feed the bacteria in the small intestine. Those carbs then ferment, which produces hydrogen. And that hydrogen then feeds the archaea, which are organisms in the small intestine. And then those archaea produce methane. So I mentioned hydrogen and methane in there. These are actually the two different types of SIBO. You can either have hydrogen or methane dominant SIBO or a combination of both. And the symptoms of SIBO can actually vary based on whether you have hydrogen or methane dominant SIBO. So an example of that, constipation is a lot more common with methane dominant SIBO and bloating and diarrhea are actually more common with hydrogen dominant SIBO. And when you test for SIBO, it's gonna pick up on which type you have. I wanna tell you about a new favorite ritual of mine. I love collagen and I've had it every day for years. But the last couple of months, I've been having a hot chocolate made with the chocolate flavored collagen from Switch Nutrition. And let me tell you, it is bloody delicious. I just mix half a scoop of the collagen with some hot water and add either some coconut milk or some full fat milk. And I absolutely love it. We know collagen is great for our skin and gut health, but this collagen has the added benefit of L-glutamine and digestive enzymes to support the repair of the gut lining and help with breaking down the food you eat. Head to Switch Nutrition's website to get your hands on some collagen and use the code HIGHVIBE to get 10% off. And if you try it, let me know what you think. Send me a DM on Insta or maybe even post a photo on your Instagram stories. And if you do, be sure to tag me. I'm sure you are dying to know all about SIBO testing, so let's get into chatting about that now. Testing for SIBO is typically done with a breath test. You breathe into a tube and then you consume a solution containing lactulose, and then you take more samples over a specific window of time. The SIBO test measures hydrogen and methane, which are produced by a bacteria in the gut, as I mentioned before. So if we see a substantial increase in the levels of hydrogen or methane or both, we know that you have SIBO. You might be wondering here where the GI map test fits in, because I speak a lot about that here on the podcast. For the majority of people, I actually recommend starting with the GI map test first before doing SIBO testing. While the GI map doesn't conclusively tell us whether you have SIBO, when we see lots of bacterial overgrowth in combination with your symptoms, we can get a pretty good sense of what's going on. But then the GI map also gives us key info about other pathogens like parasites and candida and how your digestive system is working. 
which the SIBO test doesn't do. So it's basically just a lot more comprehensive. So SIBO testing, of course, is great. You can definitely do both the SIBO and GI map test. But if you want to prioritize, which I would recommend that you do, I would start with the GI map test. So you've tested, you've found out you have SIBO. What can you actually do about it? There are a few key steps here, and I'm going to walk you through those now. First, you want to starve the bacteria. And we do this by removing the foods that feed that bacterial overgrowth. There are two main options for this. So these are dietary approaches, and that includes the low FODMAP diet, which I'm sure you've heard about, and the SIBO diet. There's a lot of crossover there, but they are a little different and they're both really effective, to be honest. But I personally find that the SIBO diet is a little bit easier to implement. So as I said, they're both great. They both work well. They're both pretty restrictive and a little confusing. So that's why, you know, I do tend to prefer the SIBO diet. If you're going to do either of these diets, please, please, please make sure you're working with a practitioner and have a game plan in place to actually eradicate the SIBO. Otherwise, you're probably just going to end up being stuck on this restrictive diet long term. And I see that happen time and time again. The reason why we don't want to be stuck on the low FODMAP diet or the SIBO diet long term is because it actually starves that bacteria. So in the short term, it's helpful, but in the long term, it can actually have a real impact on our health. Dr. Mark Pimental, who is an expert in the field of SIBO, says that the absolute maximum length of time anyone should be on the low FODMAP diet is three months. And the studies show that there have been shifts in the microbiome in a negative way after just a few weeks of the low FODMAP diet. So definitely keep that in mind. And if you want to learn more about the low FODMAP diet and my thoughts on it, check out episode number 150 of the podcast from a couple of weeks ago. So we've starved the bacteria. (laughs) Next, we want to make sure that you are supporting your digestive function. So that includes things like digestive enzymes and hydrochloric acid. This is a key step that is very often missed, even by practitioners. And if you don't address digestive function, particularly stomach acid, the SIBO is just going to keep on coming back. And I see this happen all the time. So this is super important. It's not just about the low FODMAP diet. It's not just about killing off the bacteria. It's also about that root cause factor, addressing that root cause factor. And in a lot of cases, it's low stomach acid. So you really got to focus on that. So we've starved the bacteria. We've looked at our digestive function. Now we want to kill off that overgrown bacteria. And you can do this with antimicrobials or antibiotics. And of course, if you wanted to do it with antibiotics, you would need to speak with your doctor. Whether you're doing it the natural route with antimicrobials or with antibiotics, this side of things is most definitely not a DIY job. So it's a really, really good idea to work with a practitioner on this if you've figured out that you have SIBO. Another thing to be aware of is that even if you go with the antibiotics, you still need to change your diet. You still need to address the root cause and work on your digestive function. And you're still going to need to repopulate the gut. A lot of people just assume that the antibiotics are going to be way stronger. They're just going to sort it all out. Definitely not the case. You really need to address all of those other factors. So you're really choosing here, are you going to do, you know, the more natural route with the antimicrobials or the antibiotics? That's okay either way, but you also really need to address these other factors if you want to get rid of the SIBO, because otherwise it can just keep coming back, which it does for so many people. 
And the last step is to restore the beneficial bacteria in your gut. Soil-based probiotics can be really helpful to provide good bacteria without actually further feeding the bacteria in the small intestine. And over time, you're going to want to focus on reintroducing a variety of plant foods to rebuild that really healthy gut microbiome. Although in some cases, this can take time because when we have SIBO, we often get sensitivities to things like onion, garlic, maybe things like mushrooms and cauliflower. And it can just take time to get to a really good place where you're able to reintroduce those foods. So do be patient. Do make sure you're addressing this full picture. Stick with it. It takes time, but you can definitely get there over time. So SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is an overgrowth or changes in the type or number of bacteria in the small intestine. It's behind so many common symptoms like bloating, gas, burping, diarrhea, constipation, and even non-specific symptoms like fatigue, brain fog, weakness, and not everyone with SIBO experiences symptoms at all. So to figure out if you have SIBO, you can take the SIBO breath test, or you can also get a really good picture of whether this is likely to be the case by doing the GI map test as well. And for the majority of people, that's where I'd recommend getting started because it is a lot more comprehensive than the SIBO test alone. To overcome SIBO, we've got those key steps. So first up, the diet, either the low FODMAP or the SIBO diet, short-term intentionally for a period of time while you're working on all of these pieces. Next, you want to support your digestive function. So stomach acid, enzymes, all those key things based on you and what you need as an individual. Then we want to attack that bacterial overgrowth. So antimicrobials, antibiotics. And then finally, we want to restore that beneficial bacteria. So soil-based probiotics are a great place to start. And then we want to look at the dietary pieces as well. So I hope you found this helpful. Just a little reminder to get on the wait list for the mastermind. So head to frandargaville.com forward slash waitlist or the link in my bio. Catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to reach your health goals, head to frandargaville.com. To connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at frandargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.